This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. I'm really not happy about this. I absolutely have to read this. No other choice, huh? There's no way around this. Super airtight contract? That much, huh? South America, really? Uh-oh. Well, this isn't what I planned. At all. I had other things I hoped to do with my life. <sighs> okay, I guess I have no choice. Well, here goes. Welcome to Season 2 of Funny People Talking. Hi, I'm Dresden Engel, and... What I would rather do than have to listen to funny people talking is fall headfirst into a chocolate river and get stuck for a very, very long time in a tube that I never get shot out of. And I'm claustrophobic because that would be better than listening to funny people talking. So, did you miss us? Hey, everybody, and welcome to not one, but season two, season two of Funny People Talking. I bet you didn't even know you were in season one. And then all of a sudden it just stopped and then there was a break. And then <laughs> here we are again and we go, yeah, let's just let's just call it season two. It'll look like it makes sense. But here we are with season two. Welcome back. We are so happy you're here. If you've returned from season one, welcome home. If it's your first time here on the show. Welcome. Come in. The water's fine. We're going to have a good time together. I'm Mark Rako. I'm one of the hosts. A little bit about the other host in just a second, but with me as usual, or maybe I'm with her, I'm not so sure, is our beloved and unpredictable, or maybe actually quite predictable, producer Elsie. Hey, Elsie. Hi. How's it going? All right. Hey, hey, Elsie asked me how's it going. You must have had a great hiatus between the two seasons. Uh, it's going okay. How how are you doing? Fine. How are you? I said, how are you? How's it going? <laughs> yeah, that's twice. That's twice. You're probably exhausted. By the way, uh, great <laughs> videos you've been putting out. More on that later, but these yum or yuck videos that you put out, which are kind of like end of show food. Way to go. You've been cranking them out. Thanks. Very funny. Yeah. Good job. How is none of your business, your cat? Fine. Yeah? Yeah. Good. I assume none of your business has not been able to play any jazz gigs lately. As None of your business, for those who don't know, is a saxophone player in a jazz band. I assume no, no gigs during COVID. Everything's closed. Quarantine. Yeah, all right. But you like quarantine. Yeah, it's good. I mean, maybe not the reason behind it, but you like the, <laughs> no, I like the results work for you. I don't have to go anywhere or be with anybody. It's good. All right, fair enough. Good to see you, Elsie. And uh, before we introduce our our guest, who also is someone even uh, more important than that today, although our guests are always very important, I hope everyone who, who's listening is doing well and, and is safe. You'll notice if you've listened to the show before, one voice you've not heard so far, and that is our beloved Daniel Beckman, who's been a co-host with us for the last season, more than 50 episodes. And uh, she's a great friend and a wonderful comedian and, and talented person and co-host, and we miss her. I received a very interesting voice message from her the other day that I had to sort of download and decipher. And, uh, well, let me just play it for you for a second, and you'll understand what I mean. <laughs> Hi, Mark, Elsie. It's Danielle. I just wanted to say thanks so much for 
for all the amazing episodes of funny people talking that we've had. I'm really going to miss you guys. But you know, as I've been saying my whole life, it's really time for me to go live long and prosper. And so I'm getting out of here. I'm headed to Mars. That's right. You heard it right. So you guys, I I, I feel like I'm brave. I feel like I'm breaking up a little bit, um, but I just, I just hope that you have season and that I can't wait to hear the episodes from space. Do you think we'll get podcasts from space? I'm just asking. Sorry, I was just asking Kim and Kanye. They're they're coming with. Okay, guys. Well, I hope that you have a great show and stay funny. Well, uh, bon voyage, Danielle. <laughs> I uh, that sounded real. Look, all kidding aside, <laughs> we we miss you and wish you well, and you are very much welcome back anytime. We'll always open the doors and the microphones to you. Right, Elsie? Yeah. Okay. Oh, come on. Don't get so emotional, Elsie. Just keep it contained, will you? Professional. (laughs) That's right. Host, professional. (laughs) Pointing at me, host. Pointing at Elsie, professional. So the bad news is no more Danielle on every show. The amazing news is somehow, some way, we've been able to uh, get an invitation accepted by an incredible person who is now our co-host on this show. Her name is Dresden Angle. You're a little peek from her at the beginning of the show. Dresden and I have been friends for some 20 years or whatever it's been. We've done some acting together we've goofed around we've had some fun and and been good friends and she is one of the most talented people i know in about every way you can measure talent and she's an amazing singer an amazing actress an amazing comedian she's an incredible business person she's one of the greatest connectors i know she knows so many celebrities she's had interactions with and what does she have stories and she's just a greater all-around amazing person wife and mom and i want to welcome to the show for the very first time ladies and gentlemen dresden angle dresden welcome to the show Thank you. Is it okay that I clap for myself? Yes, it is. It is, it is, okay. it is not only okay, but I believe that we should be talking like this if we're going to clap for ourselves. All the time. It feels appropriate, Daddy. <laughs> Elsie even clapped. Maybe things are going to change in season two. It could Thank be. You, you might Elsie. be bringing the charm. You're like Elsie's fairy godmother. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, Dresden, welcome to the show. So happy oh, to have I'm you here. I'm so it's excited so to be here. Cool. Give me the Dresden Angle elevator pitch, and then we're going to dive really deep later into the show into everything Dresden. Well, probably not everything, okay. but like okay, like a really quick, like a like three-day 30... cruise kind of version. 
<laughs> Don't make me like. I was torn between mixing up the uh, Love Boat theme song there with with the Gilligan's Island theme song, <laughs> because we all know for a three hour tour they brought way too many clothes. Those girls. So I will give you the quick Dresden Engel story. The quick Dresden Engel story is I've always wanted to sing and act, and also uh, majored in journalism in college, and have done both in my career, and have had so much fun. My favorite thing in the world to do is make people laugh. Hey, hey. this fits. This Whoa, fits. that's and crazy. by day, I do stuff professionally in the communications, public relations world, while also still acting on the side and making people laugh. Two teenage daughters, quarantined, T-E-E-N. Oh, oh dear ooh. God. Oh, uh, trademark. Oh, Oh yeah. I just have a lot of fun and I have a, uh, my husband set up this light. So I was in good light for the thing. So I have a good husband too. So no, yeah, life yeah. is great. Mark, all the wonderful things you just said about me, I say about you as well. Aww. And I have been thrilled and honored to share a stage with you. And now we are sharing a, a screen and a microphone situation. Ish. A microphone situation ish. That's exactly ish. how we're gonna. That we should actually change the description of the show. It's all it says. <laughs> a microphone situation ish. Ish. Gotta have the ish. I like it. Everything should be ish. So thank you. Thrilled to be here. Yes. Uh, more on Dresden as we go. This show is all dedicated to Dresden, uh, pretty much. Like you can't say all and pretty much, but I just did. But before we get started with all that, just a few things to get out of the way, because uh, I want to talk to you about an exciting announcement. I need to tell you about something fun that happened to me and my wife. We're going to, of course, do our very first Appeal to Tina Fey for season two. We're going to play one of our favorite improv games and a brand new feature with Elsie called Yum or Yuck. And then, of course, all about Dresden Angle. That's what's coming up on this show. But first, I thought maybe we could start all out with a big announcement. And that is that for the second year in a row, ladies and gentlemen, I know. Ladies and gentlemen, Funny People Talking has been nominated for Best Comedy Podcast in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. But that's awesome. not all. But wait. But wait. There's, there's more. more. Not only have we been nominated, but we sit alongside podcasts from Amy Schumer and Kevin Bacon. So one degree from Kevin Bacon, one could say. <laughs> Although my wife is actually one degree from Kevin Bacon because she worked on my wife Heather worked on the following with Kevin Bacon, so that was makes her one degree away. So if we both lose to Amy Schumer, can we commiserate with Kevin Bacon on a show sometime? I don't see why he's not accessible that way. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Plus, I do love bacon, and uh, <laughs> actually, you love bacon too, don't you, uh, Elsie? Elsie, hey. Dresden, Elsie has a new theme song, which we'll hear later. Elsie has a theme song in season two. I love that. But I'm not and singing. And it talks about how she loves bacon. I'm not singing, though. No, you're not singing. But, um, and that's why you have a theme song. Well, I'm just saying, so it's not misleading. Oh! And we're also going to talk about what we've been up for the last couple months. All of that, and probably more, is coming up right after this as we start the show. Elsie, do me a favor. Would you tell me to start the show? Start the show, Mark. Okay. From the Mouth Media Network Studios in New York City, this is Funny People Talking with Mark Rako, 
Dresden Engel and Elsie. All right, everybody. Funny people talking. So glad you're here. You know, I'm going to get something right out of the way because sometimes I almost forget. We've missed paying our respects. It's long overdue to Miss Tina Fey, who we will give anything, anything to have her on the show. She can drive by, send us a postcard, give us a phone call, send us a voicemail, or even join the show. That's fine, too. I wish we were still in the studio recording because that would be even better to be in the studio with her. But, you know, someday. But for now, we'll put our vibrations, our hopes and dreams out to the universe, to the comedy gods in a form of prayer. And Dresden, uh, you're certainly invited to participate if it suits you. So we're just going to do that right now. I'll lead off. And here we go. Oh, Tina Fey, please Tina come Fey. Tina, we already did this for a whole season. We love here. Tina Fey. You know, nice we need you, you in the show. In oh, the we appeal to the comedy gods. Way, oh, man. Amen. Oh, please join right us. Oh, I bought your book. I read your book. Ah. All right. Nice. Very good. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right. So really let's start with you, my friend Dresden. Over the last couple of months, what have been maybe one or two just easily come to mind standout things that have happened that just you're like, oh my God, this happened, or oh my God, this happened? Well, probably the most prominent thing is, you know, people go away to college and they get the freshman 15. I oh. got the COVID-19. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody says we're going to need a bigger boat. I mean, everybody says we're in the same boat. I just killed my joke. Everybody says we're all in the same boat. And my punchline is, but I'm bum, but we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's Justin's laugh. And introducing... Is Dresden's introducing laugh. Dresden's laugh. Oh, well, that's not even Dresden's like a list laugh. That's like her her regular laugh. Then then there's uh, like the goat laugh, right? That's what you call go- it. All goat. kinds of farm animals. All so sc- I enter. So I try not to. Even when I don't sit up front at a comedy show, I try not to. You know, be too invasive because I know I have the laugh. And one time somebody counted one stand up comedian interrupted a show nine times. That's my record. But Pete Davidson of Saturday Night Live fame, yes. six times, six times, stopped his show. He stopped dead. the show was and remarked said, on your laugh. There was the goat. He said I sounded like a CD skipping. Then he kept saying. <laughs> oh, no. Then he kept saying, "Does anyone else hear that are just me and dogs?" And then he oh. said the thing that other comedians have said. He said the horrible thing, like you know, let's just say they felt sorry for my husband. They oh, said, but if you sound like that now. What do you sound like when you big O? But I'm bum. Now your very very nice husband Paul, whom I, whom I know, yes. and a big shout out to Paul. He is a very very good guy. Does he like your laugh, or does it annoy him? Like him, he still loves you. Well, I don't nice. think anybody could like it. But um, <laughs> that's true. I think if he had to decide, me yelling at him or my laugh, he'll take the latter. Got it. Got it. Because, yeah. you know, a goat yelling at you, not fun. Oh, my God. But a Tammy goat Pescatelli. Yeah, Tammy Pescatelli oh. in an outdoor comedy show. Kept screaming, who brought the goat? Oh, gosh. It was, let me say that again. It was an outdoor drive-in. I was in my vehicle <laughs> with the window only a little ajar. Now, did you have that laugh basically even when you were like seven or eight years old? 
Now, when I, I don't remember when I was that little, but I remember people got mad at me when I was a senior in high school because you could only pick one senior superlative. And yeah. I got class entertainer and class laugh. Ooh. And I chose entertainer. And they're like, yeah, yeah but like, you're the... So I remember at least at 17, I had it. Yeah. You, well, you know, you recognize the difference between having something and doing something at 17 and chose your superlative. But look, let's not spend the whole show talking about this. But why do you think that laugh became that laugh? Meaning... Like, did you decide this is a piece of personality of me and, and I'm just going to let it go and, and I'm getting a reaction and then it just becomes part of who you are? No, I, I don't want it. I try to hold it in. And oh. then like people name my, like people name my laughs. Like if you'll hear, you'll, sometime you'll hear me do a high pitch, like, you know, breathy one and people call that the tea kettle. And then if I try to stifle it and it's just like, it's called chopper in the distance. Like people oh, laugh my so it's a whole palette. It's a whole palette. And so I don't want to have this laugh because frankly, right, we're singers, right? And when I laugh like that, my vocal cords are like, you know, yeah. beating each other up. So oh, yeah. I don't, I don't really want to have the laugh. But oh. hey, funny people talking, it's going to happen. <laughs> so aside from gaining a COVID-19, <laughs> that's true. And getting the uh, bigger boat. Yeah, being a bigger yeah. boat. Did anything else happen? The other, the, well, because I'm in public relations, I worked in crisis PR, right? Crisis yeah. PR. Yeah, oh, I bet. needed to navigate that. By the way, so, you're not just in public relations. L let's tell everybody, Dresden has her own PR firm, like really like getting it done PR firm. I was really creative. PR. Guess what I named it? Dresden what? Public Relations. Oh! Yeah, it was real creative, you know, kind of like a you know, eighties alternative band, like right. loose monkey, you know, well, but yeah, well, I figured way, I'd go literal Dres DresdenPR.com. Yes. Because I figured why not just continue to be a little, that's right. You know, easy. Hey, you know, if you sell hamburgers, just call it. We sell hamburgers. Call it hamburgers, you know, that's right. or Big Mac that worked for that's them. That's right. Yes, it does. So uh, crisis management, crisis, crisis, crisis PR. management. Yeah. So everybody, you know, yeah, sure. Some people got COVID and we had to let everybody know it was okay. And I had a lot of essential business clients who kept working and just needed to navigate the waters externally and internally to let their staff and their customers know that they were still up and running. And so, whoo, man, working around the clock while everybody else was like, I'm so bored. I'm like, I want to be bored. But yeah. um, I'm also blessed I kept working, so mazel yes. tov, as uh, my Jewish friends say. Ah, yes, of course, we kept working, the whole thing. It, you know, it, it, I actually totally identify with what you're talking about. I never stopped working. Like last yeah. week, I think I only put like 35, 40 hours in, and I honestly said to my wife, I'm like, Slack I feel like I'm on vacation. Like I, like I, I, I don't feel that pressure of like, oh, I'm going to get more done. I was just like, oh, I could sit down and like have dinner. It was so odd and it was very nice. But my point is, is all the people are like, I've been so bored. I'm like, I'm sorry to hear that. I've not been. And why didn't you use see, your time more productively, by the way? I would Once you see learn people a language. doing puzzles. People were doing puzzles. I'm like, wow. I don't understand I why do you it. didn't just, I mean, get that for like six I days. But like, why don't you like go learn a language or programming or. But you know what, though? I will, I will tell you, families got closer. They That's really did. true. You know, families got closer. How, my so teenagers, how yeah, my teenagers you, got were they got happier. I was actually happier? able to. I was actually to, able to breathe in the same room as them and not make them mad. You know, normally when you have a fourteen-year-old, you're not allowed to do anything right as a mama bear. That's so true. And, you know, I'm really happy you said that. You know, I've, I've had a, a different but a similar experience. My my wife and I got married uh, a year ago in May, but we've both been so busy. We haven't had the same kind of quality. We haven't had that, like, quote, newlywed time. Like, 
yeah like, yeah it yeah was just more life as usual and and although it was, it's been very nice being married to her there was a long period of time we just didn't didn't have that time together and yeah, just COVID has forced us to spend yeah. every day, almost all day there, together. You know, and there are some people saying that, you know, we needed, we needed that to happen. Needed, because that's how, we were that's so- how I, I feel. I don't know if she feels the same way, but I certainly do. So anyway, that's lovely Dresden. I'm uh, it's really nice, nice dynamic there. Elsie, do you want to share anything that has been uh, part of your COVID experience over the last couple of months? Um, it doesn't have to be COVID experience, but, you know, as Rudolph, the, the kind of life you've been living over the last couple of months. Yeah, I have a windowsill garden in my apartment. I just started planting stuff that was left over. So, like, if I bought organic stuff from the, you know, then I just planted the seeds to see if they'd do anything. Did anyone, like, <gasps> sell you some seeds that you, hey, plant no. these? Magic seeds? No. Like Jack? Now I have ginger and... uh Bell peppers, jalapenos. I tried a peach pit, and I tried corn. Oh, we'll that's see. cool. We'll see. On the windowsill, corn. Yeah. yeah. Well, really, I can't wait for that one. I can't. I can't <laughs> wait to hear about that. Are you just gonna one day just hear? <laughs> what happened? The corn grew. Well, the um, the ginger's like four feet tall on the windowsill already. <laughs> So, but I'm cool with that, you know. What, what, I, the thing is, well, wait, what's that laugh? Is that the geese laugh? Is that a goose? What, that, you just named it. All right. Now there's a new one. Now goose. we got a goose. And the goose I, is I, I feel compelled in a moment like that to just say, "I love you, Dresden." So I just yeah. feel like the I have laugh, to say that. Yeah. Elsie, that's awesome. You also told me about something that most people don't purposefully grow in their home, but you have been purposefully growing it in your home, Elsie. Is it legal? What? <laughs> I believe it is. What am I growing? I mean, you know, in New York, where you live, it, um, you know, it's, it, get, it's uh, gonna. It, you put, we're getting there. You put the uh, the fun and fungi. Oh yeah, I forgot. I told you that. Sorry. I'm <laughs> growing <laughs> golden oyster mushrooms. Oh really? That's right. Wow, that's so cool. How is that happening? Um, they're just spores in this kind of compost kind of a thing, and. You just spritz them with some water and they grow. So what is it? It's like it's compost in like a condensed package kind of? and Sort of, you yeah. Just water it's it's it also grows, in the windowsill. Oh, well, your windows. How big is this windowsill, by the way? You got corn yeah. in it. It's like a double window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've, um, kind of I've already gotten like five. It's a double window. <laughs> it's, I've gotten five loads of mushrooms already. What is a load? I mean, it's not a crop. I got, you know, I can't. <laughs> it's, it's an ounce. <laughs> oh, my God. And how many bell peppers? So far, it's just two plants. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm very impressed. Yeah. So it's pretty good. So, I mean, it's an experiment. It was just one of those things. I'm like, nah, why not? What else? Uh, listening to the stupid fireworks from all the people from 4.30 to p.m. to 5 a.m. Wow. Everybody spent their um, stimulus checks on fireworks, apparently. Apparently. Aye, aye, aye. For me, I think the, the biggest thing that happened that was sort of interesting, a lot of stuff over a couple of months, but just for some reason this sticks out. Have you watched or, or, or you're familiar with this show on Netflix called Somebody Feed Phil Dresden not, with uh, no. Phil Rosenthal, who created uh, Everybody Loves Raymond? And I don't remember some other show. I will start show. watching it if you recommend it. It's it's actually wonderful. It's really. Have you seen this show, Elsie? 
Is it about food? It's about food. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is it about food? Yes. So then what I watch that. Oh, I got it. So you watched it. Yes. So basically Phil Rosenthal, who is the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond, he also has this wonderful show on Netflix where he goes around the world and he learns about and tastes various food in different cities. But it's very, very, very entertaining. It's not like Anthony Bourdain. I mean, not that he wasn't entertaining, but I'm saying it's not like serious like that in the same way. It's more about this very human reaction from him where like he'll taste something and this expression on his face is like it's like he's like a five-year-old tasting stuff like for the and first is it, time is it as bizarre like today we're gonna have the fried iguana ear like it's not like or bourdain food was it can be like that but it's also like just going to like the greatest burger place that you is like an israeli burger place in south africa so it could be like something that is very an unusual food choice that you wouldn't normally think, but someone knows about it. And so he goes there anyway. So what happened was, is on Instagram, he put out a challenge for people to create a commercial for the show. And the more creative your commercial could be, the winner would get a private Zoom call with him and Goldbelly would deliver a meal for you to have with him and you get this private time with this celebrity and it's just a lot of fun. So my wife and I, who really enjoy his show, we said, what the heck, we'll enter it. We created this version of the All in the Family song, Those Were the Days, with me kind of playing Archie and she played Edith, basically. Edith, yeah. And she's a piano player, my wife Heather, and so she actually played the song. And we made up our own lyrics to it around Phil and the show. And we were really, we were done with it. We were like really proud of it. Like, oh my God, this is going to win. Oh, so many foods Phil ate. Something tasty's on his plate. Oh, How does he not put on weight? Somebody feed Phil. Phil is such a true man. Plane, gondola, car, or van. Oh, to taste the world one dish at a time is such a great land. By Skype, his parents learn each thrill. His culinary dreams fulfilled. Watch somebody feed Phil. And it didn't win, but we ended up being out of like 350 participants, like one of 20 finalists. And they were so happy with the finalists, they put on a second event with just the 20 finalists. And we all got a private zoom call with Phil and each of us got like five minutes with him, like individually that he talked to us. It was the, and he, and he, he loved it. And it was so funny because his wife, Monica, who played on everybody loves Raymond Ray's brother, Robert's wife. On the show, oh, sure, sure, sure. Is Phil Rosenthal's actual real wife. And That's cool. so she happened to come home, came on and looked at us and said, Oh, it's the, people and she was so, so she excited loved, yours. loved our thing so that was like a great little fun moment for us where we kind of felt like 
little mini celebrities were like it was all worth it it was all worth it so oh, that's uh, really cool congratulations thanks that was just a goofy thing but it was fun to to do it but boy did my wife kill man she she nailed that edith bunker thing i'll have to show it to you if you haven't seen it where can we see this where can, can all on, me and all the listeners you know what we'll post it on our new instagram account a brand new instagram account for the show at funny people talking so go there we post when you hear this we will have posted the video and awesome. you can also follow us we would love to have a little fun with you on the Instagram account. Let's be one of the pioneers. Anyway, that was fun. We did. Do that. you know the guy who wrote that song also wrote the music for Annie? The guy who Would wrote Those ever... Were the Days? Yeah, Charles Strauss. Yeah. Is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah. He went to the Eastern School of Music. I've met him before. I mean, he's, he's well into his 80s now. But yeah, he wrote Annie and he also wrote that random song for yeah, and Mark, you and I did Annie. We did. I played Daddy Warbucks, and you played a phenomenal Miss Hannigan. While, by I the way, the kids so bad. weren't you so like bad. very pregnant at the time or something? No, no, no. I was on maternity leave. Oh, you were on maternity leave. Yeah. Well, you just given yeah. birth, pretty much. Just played. Just had given birth. This very and, physical uh, role, hey, by the way. I'm gonna. Well, I didn't like officially dance until the staples were out, but that's a little too much for the men in the audience. Oh, well, it's funny people talking. Uh, okay. <laughs> also, as I mentioned, Miss Elsie has been putting out these wonderful videos Hilarious. because of COVID and because of quarantine. We aren't able to be together and do end of show food like we used to, where basically Elsie brings us a snack for all of us to share. And then we rate it on a scale of chickens. So Elsie decided to make a series of videos Elsie that are did not posted decide. on that's right. On her own Instagram, which is at Elsie the producer. And you can check those out. Uh, we also have a YouTube that account. That was Westminster Pies. Well, yes. So you have to understand funny people talking, although it's produced by Mouth Media Network, is also a wholly owned subsidiary of Westminster Pies out of the UK. And so uh, they have requested more content and Elsie was very nice to oblige and create some content. So anyway, so in the spirit of that, we call that yum or yuck. So will the, the snack be yum or will it be yuck? So Elsie has uh, decided to fill the food void on the show by sharing an actual brand new episode of Yum or Yuck right here on the show live with us. So Elsie, guess what? Right now. Here's your theme song. She loves bacon, she's cantankerous, and her cat's in a jazz band. She's the producer, it's Elsie. All right, Elsie. Take it away. Yum or yuck? All right. My food for today. Unbound Pickling is the brand. And the actual pickled item is cherries. These are pickled vanilla and tarragon cherries. So I'm going to hold that up for you. you. Hold it up to the camera there. there you Can you describe tarragon, Elsie? I can't picture it in my, like... What that it's like. kind of like in the fennel family, sort of, kind of. Oh. I find that when people use tarragon in a chicken salad, for instance, they overdo it, so it's yeah. disgusting. But if it's done right, it's good. Like, I'll eat it by itself, but it, but people just overdo, you know? They're like, they don't yeah. get it. So, anyway, I'm opening it. How's it smell? Pickled. It smells like, actually, it smells like cloves. Oh, well, you did say the fennel And thing, I'm using so. a pickle picker. A pickle picker was a oh yeah it's like a long tube with like like this little 
wire hand that came out of it that then grabbed the pickles. Yeah. I love that thing. So this pickle picker. So I'm going to eat it. Ready? Okay. So so Elsie's picking it out with they pickle picker. Huge. And it looks like it looks like red or something or like It kind black. of looks like a it's an entire cherry. milk ball. It's an entire right. – oh, of course it's red. It's cherry. Okay. Oh, that's it's interesting. Big. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, well, let's see what goes. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three, go. Two. Hi, excuse me, what? Mark. Go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. One, two, three. So Elsie's eating it and uh, pulling the stem out of her mouth, out you of the cherry tell. in her mouth. Oh, she actually. just tied the stem into a knot with her tongue. That was impressive. No, she did it. Oh, she likes it. She's liking it. I'm hearing a good oh, omen. Yeah. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Big thumb. That there, was a big cherry, a though. Pit. There's a pit. Oh. There is a pit. Is there a warning did... about pits? I don't know. So that's interesting. So, you so break your would you say, did they overdo the fennel? No. No, tarragon, the, okay, tarragon. tarragon. Yeah, no, tarragon, it's yeah. it's a cinnamony kind of clovey. It's really good. It's really good. I like them. I'll eat this jaw. That's awesome. Yeah. So That's 72 awesome. chickens out of 72 because the texture was good. They're not nice. like super crunchy, but they're good. The vanilla's light. They're good. I like them. I'll eat more. I'll eat more while you guys are talking. Awesome. Very cool. I could, I love maraschino cherries. I could walk up to a... You know, I'm stealing this line kind of from Pretty Women, but right? He goes like, kid, it's not a buffet. It's not a salad bar. That's- you know, that <laughs> that lovely little thing that the bartenders have with the cherries and the lemons. I just want somebody to open a buffet with that. See, you you are right along the line of the restaurant I've always wanted to open, which is basically the best, I call it the best parts. Uh, or the best part, it would be the name of the restaurant. And the and look, if, if someone needs to steal this and make this happen, I'm all for it because then I can go there. And the idea is it's the best part of everything. So it's just muffin tops. It's just the cheese and the pepperoni on top of the pizza without any of the crust. You know, it's all like the best, the, the crust on top of a tuna casserole. You know, it's all the best parts of everything. And that's all they serve. And then there's another restaurant next door that has cheaper prices that's called and the rest of it. And they serve the other parts of everything. Just the crust, just that's the bottom what, of the muffin. That's right. Just <laughs> It's a good idea, right? That'd be a, such a good idea, and uh, I want to do that. So if I'm ever a multi jillionaire, you should just you should just make a video because it'd be funny. All right, okay, good idea. People could vote. People could vote their favorite parts. Of course, Elsie. So I guess it comes down to this: yum or yuck. Yum, definitely. And I read the rest of the ingredients. It's um, apple cider vinegar, cinnamon, oh. allspice, tarragon, vanilla, and cherries. Excellent. Things that are very good for you. Things that are. Very good for you for 200, Alex. Okay, great. Uh, Thank you very much. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to play a quick improv game, and then it's all about Dresden right up to this. We've been nominated for Best Comedy Podcast in the People's Choice Podcast Awards for the second consecutive year. Can't pay our rent with that, but still... Two in a row. That's that's pretty good. All 
All right, everybody, welcome back. It is time for our very first improv game in season two, but we're going to go back to an old classic, one of my very favorites that we've come up on the show, and that is a game called The eh, News. And basically the idea, Dresden, is that we have a reporter out in the field, and they are reporting on what to us would probably be a very insignificant everyday occurrence, but they are reporting as if it is the biggest news story in the world, reporting back to the anchor desk and uh, whatever back and forth they may have. So, for example, it could be that Billy combed his hair today, you know, or it could be the sprinkler system went on. But it is, boy, I'll tell you, you know, I'm standing here on Redwood Street, and there is a crowd gather, ladies and gentlemen. You get the idea. So uh, this is the news. So uh, what we'll start out is, uh, Elsie, how about you are in the studio. Dresden, I know you get it. I know you understand, but I still would like to demonstrate for you. And then you can do it the second time. So Dresden, you be in the studio for me. I'll be out in the field. And on the next one, Elsie will be in the studio and you'll be out in the field. Okay? Okay. All right. So uh, Elsie, what I love from you is what is the news story that I am reporting on out in the field. Not enough garbage in New York City for the rats to eat. Okay, got it. Uh, it does sound like an actual big news story, but okay, got it. All right, Dresden, start in the studio and throw it to me in the field. Yes, hi. I'm here at uh, Channel WRAT, and we are going <laughs> to toss it to our esteemed reporter in the field. Kind of an interesting story. Um, Mark Rako, tell us what you're seeing on the streets. Yeah, hi, Dresden. I'm standing at the corner of 42nd Street and 9th Avenue, and uh, wow, uh, there uh, seems to be a problem here in the streets. Given the pandemic situation, there just seems to not be enough trash accumulated, and therefore the many ow, thousands or millions of rats in New York City don't have enough to eat. And, uh, and uh, the problem is, is uh, they seem to be finding other ways to... Ow, there is a large crowd, uh, usually at a news story they're gathering, ow, but they, uh, they seem to be actually running away, and the rats are chasing them and strangely the rats have tiny tiny little protest signs <laughs> um, i'm sorry did, did you say protest signs yes tiny little Could you, protest can you signs. make out from where you are standing on the street yes i think they what say what those signs may say rat lives matter <laughs> so it's terrible i mean i don't mean that as any type of like you know, social commentary. No, I'm just looking pit- at it, and this is what it is. But I think it's less of a political statement than a survival statement. They, they're they saying, look, we can't go eat our own, our own garbage. Ow. They're biting me, you see. Ow. My legs are not trash, you dumb rats. But they're they're biting me. Ow. But the, anyway, they're, so, they're, 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 they're like, we can't get our own trash. Somebody has to bring us the trash. How else I, I think eat? what we need to do, I think we need to maybe uh, find a way for the restaurants to work together with the rats to bring the situation a coalition back of around. Sorts. Yes, oh. of sorts. And and maybe this is the time that we actually bring back the large soda tax so people can <laughs> be dispensing more food for the rats. Oh, gotcha. Okay, well, um, all right. I'm, thank you, Mark. Mark, Mark. There's ow, one on your head. Ow, Mark, ow, there's one on ah, your head. Okay, no! um, we are gonna. Uh, Timmy, Timmy, go get Mark. Um, 
We are going to sign off now from WRAT, and um, we're going to go to this next commercial from one of our sponsors. It's Marco Kay! Very, very good, President. Thank you very much. Mark, Mark, you were... Mark, you were very funny how you were like, ow, ow, ow. And then you felt you had to tell our listeners, they're biting me. Yeah, that's... Never underestimate the intelligence of your audience. <laughs> they all got it because you were that good of an actor. They don't know. I can have like pain Tourette's, some sort of like. <laughs> all right, Elsie, good know. topic. Mark, anything. well played. Why, thank you. Very well played. All right, so I will give you a topic. Elsie's going to be in the studio. And you are going to be in the field, Dresden. So the uh, news story that you are covering right now is going to be a five-year-old boy stole a tube of toothpaste from the local pharmacy. This is a big, breaking news story with live coverage on it. Okay, this is Studio 2020 going to Dresden live at the uh, local pharmacy. Um, we hear there's a, a five-year-old boy, some kind of an issue. Uh, we don't even know the name of said pharmacy, Dresden. Yeah. Can you can you inform us of the even the name of the pharmacy that this five-year-old boy? There's some issue, some problem going on. Yes, 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 yes. It's it's Jim's Drugs, and here at Jim's Drugs, a crowd <laughs> has gathered. Everyone as a titter. Cars have stopped. What has happened is a young child. I believe he's going by the name of it's either Tyler or Kyle. Um, we believe his mother's name is Karen. And what we believe has happened as he has put into one of the pockets of his cargo pants a tube of toothpaste. This toothpaste retails at $3.29. Let's emphasize. And and you know, and what's interesting is he is five years old. And and further investigation that I've heard from the reporters, and we have the exclusive on this here at our station 2020, heard, is that you've heard from it the was reporters, only but you have an exclusive. The uh, yeah, the, the 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 it was only whitening toothpaste. If anything, Timmy should have been or, or Kyle or or Bradley or Bryce. We're not sure of the name just yet, but he was Upper East Side, so we're thinking it's Bryce. But it's definitely and, uh, Jim's Jim's drugs, though. At Jim's Drugs, yep, we're at Jim's Drugs, and and the biggest concern right now, Elsie, is that it was a whitening toothpaste, and a child of his age should have been gathering a cavity prevention toothpaste, and I think this, I'm guessing this is why his mother Karen and the crowd that has gathered is most concerned, sending it back to you. So, uh, do we think that there's going to be some charges filed against the parents for obviously not thinking about their child and whitening versus cavity fighting? I mean, yes, for like, sure. I mean, we've had a negligence, close up negligence look on at it. Yes, we've had a close up look at it and cresting the situation. We realize that <laughs> wait, wait. we was need that, to wait, freshen up that, the situation are those, and are, aim to make it. Plugging some We're, brands there, Dresden. Well, Jim, Jim's my uncle. <laughs> Jim's drugs. So ah. uh, there's an array of toothbrushes at Jim's drugs. So possibly, um, you know, come on down. <laughs> the crowd's gathered. So it's a real mom and pop and Dresden organization. Well, um, it's it's Uncle Jim, <laughs> you know, and I work with you at the 2020, as you know. Right. So um, I'm going to just, you know, um, uh, go see if Karen will grant an interview for the 11 o'clock. His mother. Okay, thanks. Sending it back to you. We'll come back to you later once more of the story develops. Thanks, Dresden, on the scene. Thank you. From uh, Jim's yeah. uncle. I mean, Jim's. Just Jim's drops. No retweet. <laughs> okay, thank you. 
All right, that's it for the <laughs> news. Well done, both of you. Thank you very much. That was funny. And my favorite part of it was it's an exclusive, but I got it from the reporters. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's all about Dresden right after this. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Funny People Talking and Elsie at Elsie the Producer. And please, for the love of all that is holy, subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really, really good rating on iTunes. Pretty please? Thank you. All right, everybody. It's funny people talking, and our new co-host is our first guest for season two because we feel we love her. It's time that you get to know her too. So, Dresden Engel. All right, I want to start with this question with you. I've known you a long time. I kind of went through a, a list of some of your talents, and you know, at the risk of sounding like I'm just throwing sunshine your way, you are. One of the nicest people I've ever met. And everyone has an off day, but it's true. You're just someone bursting with love and giving. And and sometimes the busy person that you are gets in the way of that. And you trip over your own desire to give and find yourself in a tough situation. But you always scramble out of it. So my question is. I need to go lay on my couch. I feel like I just got some good therapy. So my question is... All right, darling. Yeah, very good. Fried. See, how that was good. Yeah, yeah. The question is, um, who are you, Dresden Engel? Meaning, I know you are a performer, an entertainer, a connector. Obviously, you're a a mom and and a wife. You are a showwoman, showman, you know, showwoman. You are obviously a publicist. You you are a marketer, you are a writer, you, you've written Eddie Money's uh, biography, you've written plays and you've written music and many other things. You've written a lot of comedy, you're a comedian, which we'll get into. So all those things are sort of connected, but if you view yourself and you have to tell with, without selling, well, I'm at this, 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 what is Dresden? I know you're a woman, but who is Dresden? Are you... How do you sum all that up? Can you identify that? Lover of life. Wow. I love how easy that was for you to to say. Yeah, because I I loved hearing you describe me, those nouns. That was exciting to be that many things. I had the honor of uh, being um, a commencement speaker for my alma mater. How cool is that? Suni Oswego. Yeah. And and what I covered was, you know, you can rewrite your your dream. You could rewrite your ending. And I kind of do, you know, I used some slides and I made it funny in that. Sure. When I was here, I was going to write for Cosmo magazine and I was going to star in Les Mis on Broadway. Well, instead I had Cosmo made a gif of me once and I starred in Les Mis in a community theater production. I know. And so just keep evolving. Don't give up your dreams. You had mentioned Eddie money and I, was able to, at my ripe old age, we're the same age mark, so I'm not going to say it if you're not. But the difference is at, you're ripe. <laughs> <laughs> um, at our ripe old age, I, you know, was able to work with rock star Eddie Money to write his life biography which into a musical. And then 
later, unfortunately, after he passed away in September of 2019, I wrote his biography that came out this past spring. But um, I wrote the musical with him and had the female lead in it playing his mom between the years 1968 to 1982. Wow. I did that older in life. There's so many people who think, oh, well, you know, I didn't do it in my 30s, so I can't do it. So when I say lover of life, it means I'm not stopping dreaming. Mm -mm -mm. I'm going to keep doing and doing and recreating and grabbing opportunities all day long. How did the Eddie money thing even happen? And I, I should say, it doesn't surprise me at all that that happened because you have so many celebrity stories. That's a whole nother thing we're going to talk about. So, <laughs> so you having connection with a celebrity or, or a top shelf artist, you know, that's not unusual for you in a way. How did the any money thing actually happen where you end up going on tour with him? So I literally auditioned for the musical. Oh, wow. And he liked me. So even though his mom was this little petite woman, I still resonated with him in some way and i sang the song that he loved that he wrote for the musical because it was original music yeah. and his rock songs um this one was called I'll, I'll always want the world for you and he just had a connection yeah. he literally when i would sing it would stand in the wings and like hold his heart oh. and blow kiss and like literally i felt like i was his mom it was the most amazing experience and then he did a concert at the end and i got to you know live out my college dorm room fantasies of singing into my hairbrush and do the uh, 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 for real, for real. So it was pretty amazing because obviously the song in the show played out between Eddie meeting his wife, blah, blah, blah. But how I came to work on the script with him was when I was cast, it wasn't a full script yet. <laughs> yeah. So because I had been a playwright and a fan of Eddie's and, you know, I was able to jump in and make it a real script. And some of his most famous songs weren't in the musical. Like, Take Me Home Tonight wasn't in the musical. It ended up being in the musical. And so once-in-a-lifetime pinch-yourself experience. I mean, I'm so lucky that I had that experience. He's an amazing, amazing person. Wow, that's just, what an amazing experience for you to do, to have that, that real life. So that was a tour, right? Well, it actually was a world premiere. So it played a run, but then it was going to go on tour after he finished season two of his reality show that he was doing with his wife and kids oh, called yeah. Real Money. And then he got diagnosed. We find oh. out, you do the math, he got diagnosed in September of 2018. We did the musical in February 2018. They said he had the cancer for at least six months, oh. which means he most likely already was sick when we were doing the show. That's rough. So it, it is rough because he was, a, he was just an amazing man. I mean, he, he, I have a daughter with special needs and, he connected with her like you can't believe. He said, I have a godson who has Down syndrome. And I just, I I could go on and on and on about how special he was. Oh. And, um, you know, he said we made his dream come true by mounting his musical. But yet he made the dream come true for so many of us who got to do that with him. But that gentleman who played my son, who played young Eddie, has gone on to do national tours. Oh. So it, it helped springboard his career. I'm sure playing any money in the world premiere of the musical definitely did not hurt him getting seen by the right agent. So it's just an awesome, awesome thing. As you were growing up, particularly in college, what did you go to what did you go to school for? Theater and journalism. And I know you went on into journalism after school, but how did you see yourself more as a singer or as an actor? 
Because you have a legit, as you've got a peek at everybody for just a second there, you have like a legit singing voice here. I Thank you. Thank you. And you're a beautiful singer as well, my friend. Four years old, my mom put me on TV singing. So well, I've how, been singing my whole life. put you on TV? How? There was a show in Utica, New York called Talent Time. Ah. And my hippie mother <laughs> didn't just have me sing Good Chip Lollipop or something like that. She had me sing a song from Hair called Frank Mills. I know that song. I just played that for my wife the other day. I, I knew a boy Do-do-do-do. named Frank Mills. On September, September 12th, 12, right, right here. In front of the Waverly, but unfortunately, I'm four years old. I lost, I lost his address. His address. Well, we had to finish so, the phrase. Had to. Um, so, by the you way, know, sorry that song, that particular song. By the way, yeah, I was telling my wife, I think it is one of the saddest, most beautiful songs I've ever heard because it tells this just such a bittersweet story. Yeah, and it's 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 it's. I love a song who that completely tells a story, and you can fill in all the other gaps for yourself of the rest of that story that yeah. led up to that moment. And that, yeah. That's one of those stories. And anyway. there's the Beatles in there and motorcycles or something that I didn't have any idea at four years old. And then it ends, yeah. you know, tell him Angela and I don't want the $2 back, just him. Just him. Like crazy, Aww. right? Yeah. Well, maybe I could, you know, someday, singing that song at four, Maybe ask the guy who wrote the song what it meant. Oh, wait, I did. So fast forward to doing public relations for the Rochester Music Hall of Fame. James Rado gets inducted because he's from Rochester originally. And I get to sing Frank Mills walking through the lobby of the Eastman Theater with James Rado because (laughs) I was with him for two, three days doing publicity with him. Um, I got to ask him all about why, you know, the lyrics and so forth. Also got to sing Our House with Graham Nash when he did a photo exhibition that I was promoting. Hung out with him for two weeks. And uh, (laughs) we sang Our House together, a song he wrote about his he and Joni Mitchell. And he took the high part. I took the low part. (laughs) (laughs) And and then I had taken him to do a photo master class and we're driving back. And I had to meet this really hot cop I was dating for a date. And I'm like, we're going to be late. We're going to be late. Well... We get there, and so the guy had already left, and so Graham wrote. People weren't on his cell phones as much back then, and Graham, on the spot, wrote this song, uh, Stranded at Starbucks by Graham Nash. So I've had amazing experiences. I'm a very lucky girl. Have most of this, I hate to keep calling them like celebrity encounters, because it's not, <laughs> it's not even just about celebrities. Dresden about- moments. But it's, but it's, no, but I mean, it's about great artists or, yeah. or, you know, and so forth. So I don't want to just say celebrities, but, yeah, yeah. but I'm going to, just for the purposes of context, I'm sure, going to sure. celebrities. So the many celebrities that you, you've not only encountered, but you've engaged with to the point of having stories about Yeah, them. yeah. Like we've worked um, together because I'd be their publicist for a period of time. That's what I was going to ask. Has, have most yeah. of those been because of your intersection with them as a publicist? As a publicist, yes. And, you know, and then cool things too. Like another cool story about Graham Nash I just thought of where you were asking me the question is, you know, I'm... Uh, standing at the airport and he's getting his luggage and people came up to him and were fawning all over him. And he said, you know what? I I must've done something right in my career because people always come up to me and they seem happy to greet me. They seem, he might've made a comment about 
that's not the case with David Crosby, but the point is, <laughs> it made me think, wow, that's right. You get back what you give out. And he was having that revelation there standing with me. So it's, um, yeah, so it's been as a publicist, but then I get to know him as people. I never pose for selfies with them. I just, you know, work with them. All right. So here's a question. Why theater and journalism? Was journalism basically the backup plan? No, I I loved both equally. I loved writing and theater equally. So I double majored. I did both. And then, yes, it did work out well that I could pay the bills being a journalist and then got to interview a lot of stars then, yeah. too. So I got to have a lot of fun doing that as well. So very creative, lots of fun. And then, you know, get to write comedy. Get to write funny bits. I've been doing sketch comedy for over 20 years, and now I'm starting to get into some stand-up. Oh, that's so cool. I, I've only done a little stand-up, but I've loved doing it, and it's it's such a, a tough, tough, tough thing. Yeah, I'm working on, my, my, working on my tight five. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, the one thing I learned from the comedians that, we, that we've interviewed on this show is how important it's been to not, I'm not even trying to give you advice, I'm just saying it's been a learning thing for me, is to not make shit up. No. Meaning every everything must be an extension oh of who you really 100%. are. 100%. They don't believe it. Right. And that's, but I, I want to I circle back to your comedy writing in a second because I definitely want to talk about one of the big parts of your life, which is Astrofest. Yeah. One of many big things in your life, but that's certainly one that's gotten a lot of attention over the years. But I want to ask you how you made the shift from how did journalism lead to PR, meaning did you really sort of find your true self that naturally came out and it gravitated huh. into PR or how did that happen? Yeah, it's it's been considered on the other side of the fence. You know, ooh, you're going over to the dark side, right? Journalism and PR people are supposed to be foes. And I, I can't imagine doing my job without having been a journalist first because writing is at the crux of it. And essentially a press release is a news release, et cetera. But there didn't used to be PR majors in colleges, right. you know, back in our day. <laughs> journalists, back in our days. journalists would become PR people. And so I wanted to work in the arts more. So that's what, that's a great thing, right? When you are a journalist, you don't necessarily always get to choose what your beat's going to be. But when you're yeah. in PR, if you go work at an organization, you can choose to be in the arts. So I was in theater and then I was uh, in the museum world before I started my own PR firm. So that's, that was the exciting part to really be able to promote the arts. Amazing. So Drez, you kind of went to writing from other people. And as you mentioned, starting to write comedy, which tends to be more about yourself. And one of the most visible ways that you've written comedy is this incredible group of female comedians called Estrofest, born out of Rochester, New York. But you've got a pretty wide net that you've cast with that group. And it's been going for a long time. So tell us, you're a founding member, yes? Yeah. And how did it start? Why did it start? And what's the journey that you've taken? And, and then obviously, how does that connect with your ability to start writing for yourself? Yeah, I appreciate that. And so Astrofest started back in 1998. You know, we wrote for a year, wow. started performing in 1999. Five women, three original members still with the troupe. Two sisters are now in the group. The other two, one woman essentially retired and another one moved away. So that's why we recast two folks. But it is sketch comedy like Saturday Night Live. You have to tell people that. They're like, what sketch comedy? And so we get to do play in a variety of characters. We get to laugh and sing and we do a lot. It's like a third video because that 
allows us to do a lot more on stage with more actors and in more settings. And obviously we have men guest star in the show and be in our videos as well. The name can be misleading, but I now wanting to get into some stand up. Um, I also, you know, worked on a couple of plays, one about the life of Judy Garland, who hasn't, there's a few out there, but also. Well, we should Coop. point out you are, you are a voracious Wizard of Oz fan. I am a voracious Wizard of Oz so, fan because so every, uh, everybody needs a bobblehead. Yeah. <laughs> but the um, Cougar and the Cabana Boy is my latest musical and it's just ah. hilarious and silly and all original music as well. But Stand-up comedy is fun because you would, you know, you had noted, Mark, that you can't make it up. It's got to be real and it's got to be about yourself. And I have found that a lot of the things that I've worked into my stand-up are things, stories I've just been telling at parties over the years. Like people say, where did you get the name Dresden from? And I usually tell people, you know, my mother named me for the little fragile China dolls that they made in Dresden, Germany. But for people who studied their World War II history in school, and they know that the Allies bombed the heck out of Dresden, Germany, if somebody obnoxiously asks me what my name means, why did your parents name you after a bomb city? I pull them in, I look them close in the eyes, and I say, you know what, though? My sister Nagasaki and brother Hiroshima have it worse. And then I just walk away. So that's the story I've been telling forever. Can Work you carry it into the sketch. Can you carry a little playoff music with you at all times? It's just like you push a button and it just like, <laughs> it just plays out, plays you off. And with like I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. And then there's something that I do. So one thing is, so I'm not a thin girl, but I also know I don't want to make the audience uncomfortable, right? I know how to read the room. So I maybe only do a couple of jokes that involve weight because you don't want the audience to be uncomfortable or not be able to relate. But this is something that yeah. I do, right? So I'll talk about... How how when I get on a plane, because I'm claustrophobic, I do wait till the very last opportunity to board. But then I get I to do have as some. Well. Yeah, but then if the plane's not full, I get to have some fun. So I walk oh. up. I walk up to the seats where there's somebody in the middle, and I hover to scare the person by this <laughs> aisle and the person by the window. And I look up at my ticket, and I look up at the sign, and I look at my ticket, and I look up at the sign. And then I walk away and maybe I come back again. I'm not nice. I'm not, I always, I always get an aisle seat, but I just do that for fun. (laughs) Do you feel lucky punk? Do you? (laughs) So I get to have a lot of fun, but, but so these are stories that I've just been, you know, telling for a long time at parties and so forth. So I just have fun with it. You know, uh, I'm not sure if this is what you're doing, but it seems to me like it would make a lot of sense from what you said to actually tell any stories that have to do with your size as your first jokes in the set and tell the audience, okay, I feel the need to make you all comfortable. So we're going to do this now. <laughs> so you yeah. be, Like that'd be an interesting way to approach yeah. it. Or, or when I'm done, okay. Okay. Now, you know, and I know. You've been waiting I, for it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait and no pun intended. <laughs> All right, so I'll try. Can I try one on you, out on you right now? Let's go. All right. So one of the stupidest things I ever did is I had the opportunity. The this isn't the stupid thing, but I had the amazing opportunity to interview Charlie from Willy Wonka, the only movie that matters, not that Johnny Depp version. No. And I got to sit down with him and ask him a lot of questions in front of a huge, multi-hundred person sold out theater. And and, and his real name is. 
His real name is Dr. Peter Ostrom, and okay. he's an amazing person. And um, we'll get him to call into the show sometime because I that'd think, be awesome. Yeah, I think we'd really enjoy hearing his stories about the making of that movie. It was quite, quite the experience, and he was quite the amazing person. He now works as a large animal veterinarian in upstate New York. But anyway, so I'm out on the stage and I'm interviewing Dr. Peter Ostrom, the original Charlie of Willy Wonka. And then the next day I go to cut the video and I am mortified because I realize I wore a bright blue dress. You got it. Oh, you got it. All no. right. You got it. Yeah. And I wanted to die. I will send you the clip. You want, Maybe we'll post okay. it for everybody. Let's Why post not? it for everybody. Because I, 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 I had an intern who was a former Tommy Hilfiger model because she was 22. So she aged out. And I went, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I wore a blue dress. Oh, my God. And she said, oh, I thought you did that on purpose. So she's lucky she can still walk the runway to this day. Also, so, just for speaking that speaking with that vocal, that uh, what did they call it? Uh, the vocal, fry? the vocal fry. Yeah, God, I hate that. But anyway, I just it's I just yeah. So I'm wow. take I'm going with the the real life stuff. But I love that. Uh, I could tell by the look in Elsie's eyes that she got the joke. So yeah, maybe when you post that, you can just say, "Let's get this out of the way." Yeah, exactly. So, but but you mentioned Wizard of Oz. I've met 15, yeah. 15 munchkins by going to Hold Oz on. Fests. Back the truck up. What? <laughs> so I've gone to different Oz Fests since 1989. And oh I have met 15 munchkins. They're no longer with us. The last one to die was last year. Oh. Jerry died in his 90s. And he was the one who handed the lollipop to Dorothy of the Lollipop Guild. Yeah. And... Do either of you, you know, do you collect things? Because once you do, you get every possible, you get clocks, yeah. you get bobbleheads. So next to my munchkin autographs and selfies, because I did take selfies with them, I have an incredible amount of Wizard of Oz paraphernalia. But I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. That is crazy. I was kind of wondering if you had like a... a... Like a thing that you got a stamp every time you met a new munchkin. It was just like a stamp to collect the whole set kind of thing. But <laughs> so that's that's really interesting. That must have been such. I just want to stay in that for a second. That must have been an interesting kind of spectrum of types of people that you met. Well, to make a long story short, just kidding. No, they were amazing. The, oh. the, the biggest thing, I could tell you a million stories that they told me about the movie itself and how fabulous Judy Garland was to them and so forth. But the thing that was really cool is it was in newspapers all across the country to gather these little people. And um, most of them were meeting fellow little people for the first time yeah. and sending money back home and just a magical experience for all of them. It really was. So it was. Uh, That's just. Yeah. Happy time. And then a lot of them made money later years off people like me going to Ozfest and, you know, paying 15 bucks oh. to take a picture. But I got an opportunity to chat with a lot of them. It was really cool. Before we get, because uh, I definitely want to touch on where your PR career has landed so far. And a little bit more about the behind the scenes person at Dresden, the, the family woman, if you will. I just want to touch on, we talked about comedy, we talked about stand-up, we talked about Estrofest, but what is funny to you? What huh. what really hits that funny bone? And how do you know for yourself when you're writing something that's funny 
What is it that clicks for you that you find commonly is that connective tissue? So that's a great question. I realize that it has to cross demographics and it has to be something that most people understand. I sometimes will be surprised when I watch mm. Saturday Night Live that they will do a sketch extensively like The Morning Joe. Well, how many of us who stay up at night to watch Saturday Night Live at one o'clock on a Saturday are the same people who aren't at work but are home watching The Morning Joe? So I often will think, hmm. So like just now, when you asked me the question, I went to my phone and I clicked in my notes and I see comedy. I keep ideas running in my phone. This oh, one yeah. is the Pina Colada song. No woman would ever just go, ah, it's you. Right? Do you remember? It says, it was my own special lady. And she said, ah, it's you. No, you put a personal ad in the paper because you want to find somebody else. But yet you never asked me if I like to freaking pina colada or walk on the beach. Right? So I haven't added that to my stand-up yet. But I put, so I think that anybody old enough to have ever heard the pina colada song probably thought the same thing. They just never yeah. put it in their phone. <laughs> Although I'm going to tell you a little secret about me. I am. I keep telling my wife this. My strength with music, like pop music, is I know the actual orchestration of it, if you will, the arrangement, very intimately. And that's what I listen to. I am realizing I almost never listen to the lyrics of a song. And then one day later, 20 years later, I'll listen to the lyrics of a very iconic popular song for the first time ever where I've actually listened to what's saying. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is a really interesting story this song is about. I never <laughs> realized everyone else in the world has been experiencing this song, yeah. including that story. And I've that it's like standing outside a house and admiring the paint but never going in. Yeah, so you're a composer. I'm a lyricist, so I'm looking, listening yeah. to these songs. All right, here's a couple other ideas I wrote down. You can tell me if I shouldn't go there or not. Stripper consignment shop. I don't even remember what I meant by that. Uh, then I have a reunion planned. I have a reunion planned for the cream of wheat guy, Uncle Ben, Aunt Jemima, Mrs. Butterworth, and the Land O'Lakes Indian. <laughs> and they're going to talk about how far they've Just come. <laughs> Chef Boyardee, however, was not invited. <laughs> <laughs> or the or the Pillsbury Doughboy, too white, yeah, too, too white. white. <laughs> I'm putting that in. I'm putting that in. Reverse, Pils reverse, wait. reverse racism. Pillsbury Doughboy, too white, not invited. There, because Chef Boyardee, oh. we don't know his. So you guys just helped me write some comedy. Now, here's the catch. Two girls in Esterfest happen to be of color. So I couldn't get away with that if I didn't have that. Oh, mommy groups. Mommy Poppins, Mommy Nearest, not funny anymore, right? At the time, I thought it was funny. So that's how it goes. I will be walking around the day that that happened where suddenly Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben, everybody was changing their names. I'm like... Oh, they all got to get together and have a reunion. Yeah. And bitch their heads off. That Yeah. That's no so more. funny. I think about the number of things I say I should write that down and I don't write, write it down and how much so has been lost. Just go to, was yeah, go to the notes section. You know? I know. I need to and start also, keeping it. And you also give me time. I need a person to, just walking with me. I just need all a, the time. a note taker in life just to go. That's what a I smartphone mean, realize, is for. Yeah, I know. but I It also gives it time to marinate for me to go, yeah, that wasn't funny. Yeah, that's right. Mommy nearest and mommy pop. Not funny. Anyway, so wow. that's how like I a, do the There needs to be, there probably is, there needs to be an app for comedians. <laughs> and it's a way, listen, 
It's a way that they can write a joke or or a note, categorize it under some sort of thing so that they can look it up under that category. It has to do with cats, let's say, right? Then when they're trying to think of something for cats, they put it in. And then they can set a timer. They can set a timer to remind them of this joke so it doesn't age out. Like, let's say, set it for three months and let me revisit this and let it germinate. Oh, so right, go, like, right. Because it's true. Like, if I don't, 2021 is going to be too late for the reunion of the former food black people. I know. I the, know. It's the like the food yeah. product. We, well, I think you got to say we can't invite Aunt Jemima anymore. It's just not PC. <laughs> you know, because, you know, no, because you know the whole thing with Aunt Jemima now, right? Right? With the whole thing where they. There's protests about the Aunt Jemima name and the actual Aunt Jemima actress. Yeah. Like her family. You know all that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so, that's all I'll say. Okay, we so. don't have to include this on the show. I was just, that was me and Dresden. Well, look, speaking of mommy groups and everything that we were saying, I'm kind of interested. Uh, I, I mean, you are a mom of two teenagers. Yes, let's emphasize two teenage girls. So, two teenage girls. So the sympathy cards can start coming there in. There you go. How has it changed you becoming a mother? And I don't even mean in fundamental, you know, I mean, we can talk about it, but, you know, there's certain ways it changes everybody being a parent, I would assume. But for you, even in terms of the life that you've led as a performer, as, as a publicist, as a as a writer, as a comedian, how does having kids and a, a husband and a family change the even the foundational dynamic of who you are and what comes out of your head and out of your mouth because of, that new, very foundational dynamic in your life. You know, one benefit of having kids later in life is you only know, you only want to be with them. So I stopped being on boards of directors and all of that. But because I did have kids later in life, I was able to already do that first, right? So I kind of did the opposite. My parents were empty nesters at 42 and then lived their lives. I lived my life first and now I'm a mom. But... I very much still live my life because I do have two girls where I want them to see that they can still have a career and have fun and be a mom. And I've been judged. I've been judged in a way that I'm sure a man has not been judged that I actually still do theater. You cannot believe how many people to my face have judged me because I'll still do theater. And I'll say, do you watch TV? And they'll say, yeah, I go, well, I don't. So while you're sitting watching TV, ignoring your children, I've played with my children up until seven o'clock. Then I go to my theater rehearsal and my husband and I take turns doing shows, etc. So the judgment is pretty amazing. But at the end of the day, my kids know that anything they want to do, nothing can stop them. You can still have a career. You can still have fun. And I have friends who have said, wow, you know, I'm not afraid to get younger friends. I'm not afraid to get married because you and your husband are good examples of you still can live your life. You still can go out with your friends and you can still. So I didn't change my life completely, but I also was fortunate that I already lived a lot of life. So I only wanted to be with them. It adds to my comedy. The downside is my 14 year old has said for every joke I use involving her, it's $50 per joke per night. So if I tell, yeah. So if I tell four jokes that involves her, that's 200 a night, most likely more than I was getting paid anyway to do the gig. So she might just be running me right out of the business. <laughs> but she is ripe. She is ripe for material. She's a 14-year-old girl. I mean, come on. And then, and then I do have the interesting dynamic that I adopted and had at the same time. 
my older daughter is of color. So yes, I have a Black Lives Matter sign on my front lawn and God help the person who takes it down. So it's been uh, an interesting ride navigating a lot of things. My younger daughter has cerebral palsy. So, mm. so I just, you know, I'm looking at life differently every day and realizing that parents of kids with special needs are uh, kind of saints and need your help and need your support whenever possible. But let's not bring the room down That's because. Right. So does your does your husband have good dad jokes? Oh, they're not. Are they good? I, although, <laughs> well, he does by definition. A, he does have a good joke because he says behind every man is a woman rolling her eyes. <laughs> so that's a pretty good one. But right. then he also is pretty good poet. He doesn't just love me. Are you ready for this line? Yeah. He worships the ground I float above. Wow. That'll get wow. you like an extra six months right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, Very nice. no, it's good. I'm living, I'm living life good. to the fullest for sure. You really are. You're you're full of life. So so let's uh, let's finish. I hate to finish, and I'm glad we're not finishing because we've been. No, I'm your new co-host. I'm not going anywhere. Bravo! Let me tell you what. Or was this for us? uh, Or was this an audition? Elsie, yeah, um, can yeah. you send Elsie me a gentle? Me can you send me a gentle text later, Elsie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's such a thing as a gentle she text laughed. from Elsie. I made Elsie laugh. Oh, oh sorry. Did. I, <laughs> <laughs> so, Dres, I'd like to just sort of finish on this. Then let's, yeah. let's bring it back to uh, your. You have a company now for for the last several years called Dresden PR. How did that happen? What made you decide to jump into? You know, you're living life large. You're, you you live out there, basically. Yeah, anyway. yeah, live but, out loud. But what made you say, I need to now do this? Tell us a little bit about the company. Give us kind of the, the Reader's Digest Sure, yeah, it's a small, a small PR firm. We have staff in New York City and in Rochester, and we do it all. Everything from video to social media to get people on TV to ghostwriting blogs. Anything that affects somebody's public image. Advertising, video is a huge part of it because two-thirds of all online consumption is video. So, and I have a variety of clients. I have some very large companies that are national that I'm so, so fortunate to work with, all the way down to small arts organizations. So um, it is really exciting. What made me do it? Bottom line, daughter with a disability, after being at my job for 16 years and things were going great. They changed elementary school time to 9 a.m. It was that simple. She had behavior issues and I needed to be the one to get her on the bus. So I took matters into my own hands, started my own company. And to quote Graham Nash, I must have put some good stuff out there because people come up to me and they're nice. I am very fortunate. I've never had to look for a client. Word of mouth has gotten me the clients I have. I have an amazing team. Most of them are actors because act, there's a lot of synergy, we, right? You read the room, you know how to tell the story. So we have we have a lot of fun. We I feel sorry for the neighbors of our office because we laugh all day long. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for, uh, thanks for asking about the business. So uh, this is our one chance here to really kind of put it out there. How can people find Dresden PR? How can they follow Dresden Engel? Uh, what, what's the way people can, can stalk you? So Dresden PR is actually my Instagram. And then Dresden Engel is my name on other socials like Twitter and Facebook. And then Dresden PR has their own socials. So I just try to make it be a very positive 
positive social platforms. And I am cannot wait to shout from the rooftops that I get to work with you amazing people. And I'm very honored to be co-host of Funny People Talking. And for those of you who maybe don't know me as a bomb city, Dresden, D-R-E-S-D-E-N. And then Engel is E-N-G-L-E. But guys, should we just go with Dresden like Cher and Beyonce or am I pushing it here? I kind of like having a different name. It's fun. Just kidding. Uh, what was going through my head is I have to cut this part out. <laughs> I've gotten I've got all the bomb city jokes. I'm so oh, used to it. All right, everybody. Well, uh, glad we got to know just a little bit, but some important stuff about Dresden. And uh, did, did we mention that the name of the biography is Hold On, the story of our friend Eddie Money? Oh, shameless plug. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and now a shameless plug. <laughs> Oh, so I wrote Eddie Money's only biography, and it's very fun, and it's an easy read, and it's Hold On, the story of our friend, Eddie Money, by Dresden Engel. And how can they get it? At the Amazons, or eddiebiography.com. <laughs> this has been a shameless <laughs> All right, everybody, that is the end of this episode. What a way to finish it out with a shameless plug. Uh, welcome to the show, Dresden Angle. I'm glad I Thank you. more Thanks. often time with you. By the way, that's Eddie, not me. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Yay. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll uh, Please come back for more. We've got lots more ahead. And by the way, let me tell you something. The next episode, Off the charts promise you come back uh thanks so much for listening please take care be safe and well until next time for our friend elsie thanks <laughs> and if she if she's able to find the strength dresden I'm Mark Rico. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Bye-bye and stay funny. That's it? That's the end of the show? Boy, oh boy, what a crock. This was Funny People Talking. No portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with our show at at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect.